You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408, 312-255-8408. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago, YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Zachowitz, the rector of Holyam Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, who is with working with uh, director of special projects for with me, you, and Remember? also legacy <laughs> yeah. and legacy, and that uh, Mark, I'd ask how your weekend was, but I know you were at the Cub game yesterday up in Milwaukee with family right. once a year outing. Which uh, I mean, to the to the Cubs' credit, no one expected them to do much this year. If it wasn't for a seven and fifteen finish, the last twenty two games, uh, they would have been in postseason. And uh, but you had a good time with family. My my statement about the game was the food was delicious. <laughs> it's a <laughs> yeah, lot, they lose a lot better in Milwaukee. And then w- I'm encouraging all grandparents, consider taking your grandchildren to Gebert's Farm in Barrington. We went there Saturday with our grandkids. It was a blast. I mean, it's amazing what they've done up there. And the grandkids had a great time jumping around, and we had lunch, and there's a place you can buy them little pumpkins and, you know, um, donuts to the, the apple cider donut. I mean, it was a great, great and time. Plus, the weather Saturday oh, and Sunday was spectacular. The breeze, the nice, cool breeze. Today and tomorrow. This is for early October. So we'll talk more about the Bears when we get our guest on here because we have a great guest here. So, again, 312-255-8408. Act of Publications began in 1957 as a publisher of books and audio-video resources for religious education and spiritual development. It has since broadened its editorial scope to include sports, social justice, and community organizing, caregiving, grief, and mourning, storytelling and novels, and children's books. They publish eight to 10 new titles per year and have a backlist of over 400 books and CDs. Active titles are non-academic and aimed at the average listener and reader. Joining us for the first half of today's program is the president and publisher of Active Publication, Greg Pierce, a great friend. Greg, how are you? Good, Greg. How are you? Good to see you. You look terrific. How's Kathy? She's fine. She's great. We just came back from a three-day vacation up in uh, Saugatuck, Michigan. Oh, I mean, you had beautiful weather, didn't you? We did. Anything we is, did. And then how are how the children doing? Everybody's good. We've got uh, three 35-something kids. And uh, relating to Mark's uh, comments about the Cubs, uh, in 1989, our twins were two years old, just about two. Yeah, they were two years old. 
And uh, I came back from work that day, and Kathy had taught them their first words. Cubs. And they came running to the door. Nate and, <laughs> Nate and Abby came running to the door and go, Next year, Cubbies. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, Cubbies. It's a mantra. That's a mantra. <laughs> now, is. maybe for a moment, tell us about one of your children, Nate, who has entered a religious community. Just talk about that for a moment, which I think is marvelous. Well, the funny story part is that my mother and my grandmother always wanted me to be a priest. And mm. I did go to the seminary both in high school and college, but then I left to become a layperson, got married. And it turned out that my vocation was not to be a priest, but to have a potential priest as one of my children. So Nate, uh, as a late vocation, just about three years ago, joined the the Canons Regular of St. John Canches, which is a part of the Archdiocese of Chicago. And they have four churches in Illinois, including St. John Canches downtown. Uh, Nate just recently took his... uh, uh, Temporary, first temporary vows, which mm-hmm. makes him Brother Nathaniel. He's Brother Nathaniel, um, and they sent him down to uh, St. Catherine Drexel Parish in Springfield for a year of uh, pastoral work. That is marvelous. And, and, and I bet you, you and Kathy never dreamed that one of your children, you have, you have two boys, so that one would enter religious life. And I'm sure that came as quite a surprise to you and Kathy. It did, it did. And, you know, uh, Mark, you would appreciate this. Uh, uh, Kathy and I say we only made one big mistake as parents. Only what, one. What is that? But it was a big one. We taught our kids to think for themselves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you've regretted it ever since. <laughs> I really, I really like it. Well, first of all. Of them, none of them think, they don't think like Kathy or I exactly uh, on anything. And mm. they don't agree with each other either, so. But again, Mark and I knew your children when they were small because I was pastor yes, at St. Mary of the Woods. Now, I became I, re- I arrived at St. Mary of the Woods in 1992, became pastor in January of 97 when Leo Mann retired. I think you and Kathy and the children came about that time, hmm. around 97. Yeah, I think it was actually when you way before you were pastor because I remember advocating for you to become the pastor. Okay. So that was one, another mistake. I, no, I'm sorry. That was a good idea. <laughs> did he? Did he ever pay pay you for that? <laughs> never, never. That, well, this is the payment, I guess, getting on your show as a as a regular. But it's been a while. So you know, give our love to Kathy and the children. And of course, our prayers are with Nate, who now, if all goes well, accordingly, Nate could be ordained a priest about what year, Greg? Do you know? <laughs> it's a long well, journey. He's he's what you guys call a late vocation. Oh, so uh, he, so he is didn't, catching he didn't up. even start till he was about thirty three a couple years ago. So, so might he's be thirty five now, but he has not had any of the uh, philosophy, theology, or or uh, even the uh, the uh, philosophy. He's 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 doing good studying Latin though. He's got that down. But yeah, um, anyway, me. it would be about six or seven years from now if he makes it all the way through that. Sure. He could also remain a brother if he wanted. If he chose to do that, he could do that also. Only, only because I think if all goes well, the men who are at St. John Cantus in Chicago go to the University of St. Mary of the Lake Mundelein Seminary. Correct. So they would That's have to correct. do a couple of years philosophy, four years theology. to be about yep. six years at Mundelein. But again, our prayers are certainly with Nate and the family also. Well, listen, Greg, Thanks. you and I go back 35 years 
when I think I was at Niles College Seminary on the faculty, vocation directors, we go back years. And you have been president of ACTA Publications since what year? Well, I got there in 1986. And, uh, but I've been the publisher since about 1990. So four or five years after I got there, they made me the publisher. And uh, also now we, we took the company um, from not-for-profit to for-profit, or as I put it, uh, theoretically for-profit. And um, mm-hmm. we, uh, I've been to the uh, publisher since then, so a good 35 years maybe. Now, it's a ministry. Was it a risk jumping in to ACTA for you? Oh, sure. Yeah. It, and, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work, as you both know, on the question of the, the role of the laity, because having been wanting to be a priest and thought about being a priest and going to the seminary for a long time, I when I left, I was like, well, I guess I don't have a vocation. <laughs> That's how it was put. It was put that way. You know, you don't have a vocation. Well, I don't think that's true. I think what's true is that anybody, by virtue of their baptism, has a vocation to the main idea, the main idea of Christianity, which which our founder, Jesus of Nazareth, put it this way. Um, you know, in the, in the Acts of the Apostles, Jesus is still around for about uh, two paragraphs mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. Acts of the Apostles. And... Uh, he, 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 the way uh, St. Luke puts it, Jesus, after he had suffered, died, and was buried, met with his disciples for many days, and we, we say it uh, 40 days, so many days, um, speaking to his disciples about one thing and one thing only. And what was that one thing? It was the kingdom of God. And that was Jesus's big idea, and that is what we were all called to do. And so recently, uh, I took a book that I had published back in 2003, I think, and, and re-edited it because it's still pertinent, especially in this year when uh, there's a national uh, revival of the Eucharist, interest in the Eucharist in the Catholic Church in the United States. And um, so I redid the book. It's called The Mass Has Never Ended, mm-hmm. uh, Rediscovering Our Mission to Transform the World. So that was... That's the newest book I just brought out that I wrote. And um, I think that's what I'd like to talk to you about today, if it's okay. Sure. Before, before you do that, Greg, uh, the very fact that we go back many years and we've shared many stories and you're a great storyteller. But I'll never forget, you have to share the story as a publisher when you were very, very active. You went to a conference and share with our listeners that one story from that keynote speaker who said that every book should have, I think it was like one or two mistakes. Now, you you tell the story better than I do, so take it from there. Tell it, tell it again. Well, again, when I took the job in 1986, I really had no experience in publishing at all. But uh, they hired me. It was actually it was Monsignor John Egan, who was the president of the board of ACT at the mm-hmm. time, and he saw my resume coming across to hire that guy. So that's how I got the job. And then I had to learn what it meant to be a publisher and an editor. And and uh, one of the first meetings I went to, it was like a little training session on how to do proofreading. So I'm there. I'm I'm only I, I'm at that point. I've got a couple kids, maybe, but I've got I'm, I'm myself. I'm only about forty years old. And so uh, the guy 
he was very good. I, I actually became friends with him. But he said, every book you publish should have two typos. Hmm. And I thought that was odd. And I raised my hand, as I normally would do. <laughs> and I said, why only two? <laughs> why two? And he said, because uh, three is too many and one is too few. And I said, I don't understand. He said, well, the idea of proofreading is to not distract the reader, not distract the reader. You know, that if you have too many typos, like our, our mutual friend, Father Bill Burke, he's, he's one of my authors, but he's also, I think he's OCD about proofreading. I mm -hmm. mean, he, every book he reads, he tells me all the typos that are in it, not mine, but <laughs> other people's. And uh, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing to do proofreading. It's an important part of publishing. But the, the guy who was teaching this course said, but if you, it takes too long to get those last two out. It's too much work. It's too, it's, and so you should leave it in. And he used an example from the uh, Navajo Indians uh, who are great, um, uh, you know, they make rugs and other kinds of things. So they're great weavers. They always weave two mistakes into each thing that they do. And they, they, and they leave them there because they say uh, they are not God. And only God is perfect. So they are showing that they are not God and that this is human made. And also, mm -hmm. also made the point that the two errors or mistakes or typos is okay because that extra time would take to find those two by reading and rereading. You're taking time away from family from prayer, yes, exactly. from relaxation. So put the whole life in perspective. On that great note, Mark, take us to break. Sure. Uh, WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. 312-255-840. You go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. When we come back, I had a sign on my door from Vatican II that said the role of the laity is to consecrate the world to Christ. So maybe when we come back, uh, Greg, let's talk about that phrase with your look at lay ministry. We'll be back in a minute. Please stay tuned. Adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847 
4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artchicago.org slash findaschool. Community is core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake Counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. We are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. Back, WNDZ 750M, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Greg Pierce, president and publisher of ACTA Publications. Earlier in the program, Greg, you had talked about your new book focusing in on lay ministry. I mentioned that quote I don't have a door anymore, by the way. I, <laughs> when I was executive director, I had a door. I don't have a door now. Nice but part-time. I still have the sign. And it's from Vatican II, and it, and it says the role of the laity. I'm not exactly. The role of the laity is to consecrate the world to Christ. Take that statement and move into your book and how you see that. Paul, you either believe that or you don't. Okay. You have to say, well, what does that mean in my life? What does it mean that uh, I have a, a vocation or a duty or a mission to uh, to uh, concentrate the world to Christ? So it's not the same vocation as it is for, like, say, Father Greg is. It's a vocation more out in the world in the things that most lay people are involved in most of the time, which are their jobs, their work, whatever that is, their family and friends and their community and civic involvement. Those are the three things. Now, uh, wouldn't it be great if the Catholic Church, I thought this at one point, I said, wouldn't it be great if the Catholic Church could develop a liturgy that would celebrate that vocation? Mm. And it didn't take me very long to figure out that we already have one. It Mm. is the liturgy. Mm -hmm. It is the Mass that all Catholics go to and all Catholics uh, are sent forth from. 
And so I began to think about that as a way of thinking about the Mass itself, and it seemed to me that it was exactly what we need. The Mass is designed to do exactly what Vatican II said the laity should be doing. As a matter of fact, it's a, I, I had to think about, you know, the word Mass always struck me, even as a kid, as an odd word for the liturgy. Why, why was it called the Mass? And it's called the Mass because of the Latin words for the dismissal, which are, Greg? To be sent. Ite, in Latin, ite, misa, est. Mm-hmm. And so I had enough Latin that I could go back and look up and say, well, where, where does misa come from? And it's the plas, past pluperfect, whatever it is, of the verb mito, mitere. Mm-hmm. Mito, mitere. And... And as I did a little more research, mito mitre was actually initially a uh, a military verb. It, it was you you hurl. It was like hurling your javelin at somebody. Or mm-hmm. we have the word today in missile. You know, it's a missile. Mm. Or uh, you send somebody a missive. Or it's uh, and so the mass. Somebody at some point along the line in the. 2,000 years plus of Catholic history, thought it was important enough, this mission and this ending, to to actually uh, call it the Mass. So that's where the word comes from. Which means, literally from the Latin, Mass means to be sent, and the Eucharist from the Greek means the action or, or to give thanks. The word Eucharist means to give thanks, but I like you say, Greg, I find it fascinating. So in some ways I say the Mass is not over, it's just beginning. Could we now go outside those exit doors to live it, to be loving, forgiving, uh, kind, uh, take care of the poor. And I always tell people it's easy to be holy in church for that one hour. But now go outside those exit doors at home, at work, at play, while driving to put on Christ. So to be yep. sent the Mass. Yep. And, and what do we say when they say that? When the deacon or the priest says that at the end, we say, Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Now, if we really understood what we were saying, we would say, uh, uh, Lord, have mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's a tough vocation. Yeah. And so we need a liturgy that will help us prepare for that. So that every time, I always say it in my book, I, the first words in my book is, if we get the the, the uh, dismissal right, we get it all right. And so if you start thinking about the Mass from the point of the dismissal as being an important or maybe one of the most important parts of the of the Mass, how do we get to that point where we say, thanks be to God, that we're being sent back forth into something that we know is difficult, really difficult? And so if you look at the Mass real quickly, I'm going to take a two-second uh, version of this, two-minute version of it. Uh, we all we, Catholics don't go to Mass. We don't participate in Mass. We don't attend Mass. We come back to Mass. We come back from where? From where we were sent at, from the last Mass, which was out into the world to try, to try to do this. And what's the very first thing we do at Mass? Well, we sing a song, and then we come in. But the very first thing we say, we didn't do so good. We sinned. We don't take, and here's the thing, we don't take a show of hands. We say, well, everybody who sinned, please stand. It's We all sin one way, either in what we have done or what we have failed to do. And what we have failed to do, of course, 
was bring about the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus told us to do. So now we, so we forgive ourselves. We, we are forgiven. And why don't we just then go right back out and do it again? Well, we, we didn't do so hot, so we better get ready. And so we have this whole liturgy that prepares us to be sent forth. In about 45 minutes, we're gonna be sent forth to do this in Mission Impossible. And what do we need? Well, maybe there's a book that we could read that would have some something to tell us about what we should be doing out there. Oh, we do, it's called the Bible. So the Catholic Church tries to read at least the entire New Testament every three years called the cycle, ABC. And we try to cover all the main parts of the scriptures. And then we also refer to the Old Testament and to the epistles and all this other stuff. So we, re we have two or three readings. And then we hire somebody like you, Greg, to spend some time thinking about what that has to do with the dismissal that we're about to be sent forth on. Mm -hmm. And then you give that little homily and include a bad joke with it. And then, <laughs> and then we're, we're ready to go. Oh, no, we're not. What should we be doing? You mentioned the word Thanksgiving. We should be giving thanks. For what? For this mission that we're being sent forth, that we have been given. And all we've been given. So we, so we have the Eucharist. And we do something pretty remarkable. We bring Jesus right there amongst, among us by the words that he taught us for the priest to say, this is my body, this is my blood. Okay, we're getting serious now. We're almost ready to go. What should we do with the body and blood of Christ? Whew. Eat it. Drink it. What? We're going to eat it or drink it? Why? Because you are what you eat or drink. And we are going to go out not as Greg Pierce and, and Mark and Greg Sackowitz. We're going to go out as Jesus, as Christ, as the Christ. You know, uh, what's her name? Uh, St. Teresa of Avila has this great prayer. We, God, Christ has no feet but ours, mm -hmm. no hands but ours, no eyes but ours. So we are going to go out and be Christ's eyes, ears, nose, everything out in the world. Okay, we're almost ready to go now. What do we have left to do? We should say a prayer. Okay, what one will we say? Let's say the Our Father, because that's the only one Jesus taught us. And he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, let's go. Well, we turn around and we give each other the sign of peace. How come? Because we're leaving. <clears throat> and we should be saying to each other, go out and do your best, and I'll meet you here next week or next time. Mm -hmm. And then we say a couple more things and the priest says a prayer and then they, they, the deacon or the priest gets up and says and they've changed the words on these. They've, there's a lot more options now about what you can say for the dismissal. Correct. Pope Benedict did that actually. And uh, there's these various ways of saying "Go! what are you standing here? Go! You are sent forth like a missile out into the world. And we say, Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And here a second time, we don't ask for volunteers. We don't say, everybody who would like to be sent forth, please stand. Everybody who would like to go transform the world into more like the kingdom of God, please stand. It's everybody, including the priest, including the deacon, including the, the altar boys and the 
everybody, the yeah. sisters, the nuns, the priests, the brothers, and all the lay people, we are all sent forth like out of a cannon. And what do we do? We go out and we don't do that well. So we come back and we ask for forgiveness. Great, great summary. One quick story, and that is uh, an elderly woman is leaving the last Mass on a Sunday. She's walking down the steps of the front of the church. A young man is frantically running into the church, bumps into her and says, oh, excuse me, is Mass over? And the elderly woman says, no, it's just beginning, mm. which is an excellent, excellent way of summarizing what we said. Greg, we've run out of time, believe it or not. We could have gone at least three hours. But now, if anybody would like to purchase your book or any of over the 400 publications of ACT publications, tell us how they go about doing it. Okay, two quick ways. Some of you know how to do the internet. And you go www.acta, A-C-T-A, publications, plural, dot com, and you buy the books there. Or you call this, this number, 800-397-2282. Give both so once 800 again. 800-397-2282. And know who answers that phone? You. Yep. Directly the publisher, which is pr the president, is pretty darn good. So, it uh, well, Greg, want to thank you for being an outstanding guest again. A very fast hour. Give our love to Kathy and the children, our prayers to the whole family. And we didn't even talk about the Bears. We want to keep the program very upbeat. But with the Bears, as always, next century. Can I add one thing? Greg, you should record what you just shared with us about the Mass. Yeah. I think it would open up a lot of eyes and ears and hearts. It was a great, fantastic two-minute summary. So, Greg, thank you again. God bless you. And uh, you are listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sakowitz, Mark Teresi. Stay with us. We'll be back after a few messages. And again, do not touch that dial. <laughs>